financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome back to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. And we are talking about mortgages and the housing market right now, which is kind of crazy. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I feel for anybody who is right in the thick of it when these kinds of changes happen, mm-hmm. when Fed raise, the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, when inflation starts climbing, when news hits, you know, for anybody who's on the verge of signing a contract or who has a contract in flux, when this happens, it is nerve-wracking. You know, will you get to the closing table? Will it actually happen? What will the rates be? Is your mortgage locked in long enough? Will your buyer, you know, take a hike because they got frightened? Poor real estate agents. When the real estate agents dealing with this kind of a market, oh my goodness, I can't, I don't know how they're sleeping at night. Something you talked I mean, about in the first half about what the article I sent you is about 35.51% of the median household income is just making a principal and interest payment. What amount do you think is a good figure where you should be at? So that is really, really dependent on what other debt you have, or if you ask me, what other debt you plan to have. Okay. When you apply for the mortgage, all they care about is what you have right now. The danger comes in, I'll give you an example. You go to the bank, you only have a car loan. It's a small payment, $180 payment or something, $200 payment. Mm-hmm. And that's all your debt. So they look at it and they say, okay, well, you know what? You only have $200 of debt and we can bring you up to, let's say, a 42% debt to income ratio, which is pretty high, but still they'll do it, you know. So we're just going to back this $200 out and we're going to decide based on your income, you can afford X numbers of dollars of house. Let's say you can afford a $300,000 house based on today's mortgage rate. So you buy the $300,000 house based on today's mortgage rates and your $200 car payment. Mm-hmm. And now you've signed up for, let's say, a 30-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage or whatever it is at that rate. Over the next 30 years, you think you're going to buy something else that might need to be financed? Right. Especially since you are now at a 42% debt-to-income ratio. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So I get really animated about this, but it drives me batty because the bank is safe at the time they do it because this is a secured loan. If you don't pay your mortgage, they're going to foreclose on your house. Right. They don't have a lot of risk here. In the meantime, you're paying interest, you know, you're improving your house, you're doing whatever, hopefully improving it not running it down. But along comes some children who have to go to college. How are you going to get them there? You're already maxed out with your debt to income ratio. You probably had to buy a second car by now. You might have even racked up some credit card debt because you don't have enough money coming in since you started out at a 42% debt to income ratio. So to answer your question, if you really want to, and believe me, no one will do this. I will give a star to the person who actually listens to me and does this. Okay. If you really wanted to protect yourself Mm -hmm. from that problem, even though no one believes it will happen to them, you would sit down and say, okay, let's fast forward five years. What will we have? We'll have two cars and we'll have a kid in private school. We'll have, you know, and you add that stuff up and you say that's reality. That's going to be coming out of our paychecks. And maybe you even get sophisticated with it and say, but we're going to allow ourselves a 3% per year pay raise or something like that. And then you say, what's left over if we were in, let's say, a 40% debt-to-income ratio? I would prefer 36, of course, but let's stretch it. So I'll give you some math. If you had $100,000, just to be simple about this, and you're looking for a 40% debt-to-income ratio, that means $40,000. This is all done before taxes, by the way. Another fun... Uh, a huge chunk, here. yeah. Let's say you're making 100000 a year. You're looking to put yourself at a 40% debt-to-income ratio. That means you can spend $40,000 a year on your debt, including 
your mortgage and your car payments, et cetera. But that, a, that doesn't include like groceries and, uh, and unsecured debt, right? It does not. Okay. It does not. So, you know, just think about that for a second. Let's just use those numbers. If you had $40,000 a year that you can spend in debt, right? That's about $3,300 a month. Let's just be simple about this. Let's call it $3,300, okay? Mm-hmm. $3,300 a month in debt. Let's say you've got two car payments that total $600 a month, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're down to $700. Add in a couple of credit cards at another, let's say, $300 a month. Now we're down to $2,400. You can see where I'm headed. So in this range, you might say to yourself, I would feel comfortable, regardless of what the bank is going to tell you you are approved for or pre-approved for, I would feel comfortable looking at my future, saying that I would be willing to afford $2,000 a month for my mortgage. How? And then you can ask the bank, how much house will this buy me? Or you can use a calculator online. But if you don't leave yourself some breathing room, I promise you, not for nefarious reasons, but this is their job. Anyone you go to for a loan is going to give you as much loan as they can possibly give you, whether you take it or not is up to you, based on your debt-to-income ratio at the time you apply for the loan. And that's why credit card companies are at the tail end of the dog here, and they have to approve things at 50% debt-to-income ratio because they can't get you at 22%. So you know that I use this analogy, it's pretty gruesome, but it's the one that comes to mind of the frog in the pot, the science experiment of frog in a pot. Mm-hmm. He turns the water up a little bit. And first, the frog's happy. Hey, he's in a pot. There's no predators. He's swimming around doing great. You turn the water up a little bit, and he's going, hey, a hot tub. This is cool. <laughs> you know, And then all of a sudden, you know, before too long, he's cooked. And, you know, he never even jumped out. He never saw it coming. And that's what happens to us, believe it or not. As graphic as that may be, anybody who is making payments right now can tell you we're right. This is what happens. You add a little payment. You add a little payment. You add a little payment. You're distracted by the toy you just got or the experience you just had. But meanwhile, if it's all on credit, it's all this big debt layer cake. And eventually, you're going to reach a point where you say, ouch, I got to do something about this. But I'm a human. I'm smart enough to jump out. I just have to figure out how to jump out. So, yeah, the mortgage situation, I think is, it is scary. And I think, it's, I think it's a problem for people right now. But I do want to say to people, have a little patience. It always shakes out. For the people who are right in contract, that's not an easy thing to hear. Mm-hmm. And you may not be able to do it. But if you're thinking about buying or you're thinking about selling and you can wait a little bit, I've been saying this for, what, two years now? Yeah. Just hang on, hang on. This is going to shake out. You're going to see, unfortunately, more homes in foreclosure. You're going to see new kinds of mortgages. You know, things will change. They always do. That's how we keep this house of cards uh, we call an economy going. Well, it seems to me, like, I like looking at all the real estate stuff and the houses and what stuff in my area has sold for. But it seems like the mortgage rate is really high right now. But I'm not seeing the prices really come down that much. Like, houses... We talked about this before, but houses that are maybe a $300,000 house that have been selling for $400,000, i am not seeing people slashing their prices, even though the mortgage rate is high. Yeah, well, it'll it'll come because supply and demand is there. As long as they've got people who can afford to buy those homes at that price and can still qualify for a mortgage, they can get that price. Mm-hmm. They also, remember, people get a psychological thing in their head. If you list your house for sale, you're thinking, I'm getting this much money for it. Mm-hmm. Market starts changing on you, but you're still thinking, but I need that much money. I've got that money spent in my head already. I'm not taking less. Right. But eventually when these houses start hanging on the market too long, those prices will start to come down. I think there was something in that same article that said something would have to change because the combination of 40% rise in incomes to level this out 
or a 30% pullback in housing prices. Yeah, it's it's crazy what's going on right now. Those are really big numbers, but it will happen. It will happen, I hope, slowly. I hope we won't have another 2000, 2000, I mean, 2007, 2008 crisis on our hands, but time will tell. And in the meantime, you know, do what you can to put yourself in a good position. Yeah, the article we were talking about, you you nailed it. It said that it would take a combination of a 40% rise in incomes, a 3 percentage point decline in 30-year rates, getting closer to that low 3% range, or a 30% pullback in home prices. Yeah, my guess is it will take a combination of those things. A little bit of each will happen, and that's what will allow this to work. Because, you know, we're not in a society any longer where we will... Uh, where we want a lot of people who cannot afford their rent or their mortgage. We we rely on that, uh, on people working, on people paying their taxes, on people buying properties, on people paying their rent. The economy relies on it, and we can only hope that government is sophisticated enough to, to put the checks and balances in place that we need to not break that rubber band mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Now, you were saying that banks are getting creative about some of the loans they're doing, and you mentioned the construction loan. What are some of the other things that they might be doing? Does it have to do with the rates or? Yeah, variable rate mortgages were one of the things that, you know, somebody couldn't afford a fixed rate at, let's say, 6%, mm-hmm. but they might variable rate at 3% right now, which goes up a little bit each year if the rates go up, if the rates go down, um, you know, and they get the benefit of that as well. So. That might be one of the things. Mortgage insurance, believe it or not, is one of the things that happened that made people feel more comfortable about getting a loan, both the banks and the, the borrower, because if they defaulted, there was some mortgage insurance in place. Uh, you know, there's a number of things. Um, just the fact that they will move what credit score they need to lend at is a creative tool that banks have adopted. You know, at one point it was, you know, we won't talk to you if you don't have a 720 or higher credit score. Mm-hmm. Then it was, uh, you know, 620, and we'll talk to you. They have to. If you don't have people to lend to, if people's credit isn't good enough or they can't afford enough, you can't lend them money, that money makes the world go around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. somebody just got off the train there because it, it isn't, uh, or somebody got off the merry-go-round. We need that stuff. So it is. It's a complicated economic dance, but somehow, broken as it may be, in my opinion, we have managed to stay afloat in America for now based on this, what I call a house of cards, based on this debt picture and us all buying properties and cars and managing to pay for them over time. Phew. All right. We have time for just a couple of quick questions, if you don't mind answering them. And they had to do with the student loans. I knew we were going to get questions on this. Um, One person has asked, how do you know if you received a Pell Grant? So you could ask your financial aid officer at the university or college you went to. uh, And that's if you go to studentaid.gov and you don't see anything listed there. So go to studentaid.gov first. Don't bother your financial aid officer if you can help it. And just see if if you've got a Pell Grant listed there. If you don't see anything and you still have an inkling, hey, I think I got a Pell Grant, ask your financial aid officer and they'll point you in the right direction. Most people will know. They'll remember, I got a Pell Grant. They'll remember it. Yeah, yeah, or maybe ask your parents if they helped you fill out the stuff, because I have a feeling this particular one, maybe maybe they weren't the one that did the did the loans. So yeah. Amy from East Hampton asks, um, I'm not sure if you're going to know the answer to this or not, but do you think that colleges will raise tuition? A little this? thing. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little thing. I think that's kind of a, a big question. Do I think colleges will raise tuition based on this loan forgiveness? Mm-hmm. No, okay. I don't. 
but can I, do I have time to say why? Yes, go ahead. Because it's not the colleges that aren't getting the money. Right. It didn't hurt colleges at all. Will colleges raise tuition? You can pretty much count on it. It's going on every year. Costs of things are more expensive. But this debt forgiveness in relation to the actual colleges didn't hurt the colleges at all. You weren't paying that money to colleges. So they're not having to absorb this at all. This is going to the basically yeah. to the taxpayers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Simple answer. All right. How can people get a hold of you if they have questions on mortgages, on student debt, on pretty much anything financial? They want a good recipe. You know, anything. <laughs> yeah. they, can, they can reach us at 413-773-3333. I could have used a good chicken soup recipe last week. That's for sure. Oh, you could have. Uh, all right. And people can also see you at HugYourMoney.com. That is the website to go to. We will be back next Saturday with another edition of Financial Fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Thank you so much. Thank you.